This is what's new in adaptive physical education. APE World. We're back with what's new in adaptive physical education. This is your host, Scott McNamara. I'm sorry I haven't been in uh, making podcasts in the last few weeks because I've been through finals. So I got through my first finals at TW All A's. So I'm feeling pretty good about that. Um, really excited. We got the holidays going on right now. So I'm hoping in the next few weeks to do a quick winter games, winter activities one. For PE and APE. Uh, so if you have any ideas, please send me an email at scmacdamara23 at gmail.com or you can leave a post in my blog. All special education is good education. Um, and you, if you have any ideas on winter games. Getting back into the saddle, we are extremely excited to be bringing you two guests today on the podcast, and we have David, the creator of Exercise Connection and the creator of the new app that everyone's talking about, Exercise Buddy, which is an app for people with autism on exercise. And with us as well, we have Melissa Bittner, and I'm really excited to have Melissa on here. She's a colleague of mine at TWU in the PhD program as well. Um, She's an amazing colleague, and she's going in her dissertation soon, and she's working on research with the exercise buddy with people with autism. So I thought they would be great to have both of them on the show to talk a little bit about their topics, autism, apps, best practices. So here we go. So David, I wanted to start out with just asking, how did you get started with Exercise Connection and Exercise Buddy? So Exercise Connection started after my experience um, working with individuals with autism and special needs privately um, in a private setting doing one-on-one training and then I went on to learn uh, or excuse me to teach at a school for children with autism. Um, My background is actually from the University of Iowa and I was in a degree in health promotion. I'm an exercise physiologist and a strength and conditioning specialist. When I left Iowa, I was a strength and conditioning coach for their football program. I was an assistant. I came to Chicago, back where I was from, and started a gym. And a dad brought me his son, who was on the autism spectrum. The long story short is I taught him how to skip in four sessions, not only forwards, but then backwards. And that day forever changed my life. Uh, I then went on to work with these kids individually and in small groups and went, uh, ran that business for about three years, but then realized autism and special needs is where I wanted to be. But I didn't have that background in special education. So I went and taught as a paraeducator at, at a school for children with autism. And then they knew my background uh, in regards to exercise, so they found funding to have me start their program, their first fitness program. I was able to do that, um, one, through the help of all the support staff that were in place, but also um, looking at 
research and understanding, you know, stuff like Melissa is doing now or going to do with Exercise Buddy, but looking at all the research that was out there that was confirming to me, hey, exercise can help this population. And I just wanted to keep going to educate parents. And so that's, I started after a year and a half of running Giant Steps fitness program, I started, or I started Exercise Connection in 2009. Um, and then after that, I built a visual exercise system to help these kids with autism specifically. It was all paper-based and then quickly realized we needed to do technology and to help these kids. And that's when we came up with Exercise Buddy, which was now launched about four months ago. And thankfully, Melissa, other universities are now using it and some doing research, which is still I have to pinch myself. Um, but that was the, you know, the ultimate goal is just to get it more hands and help these kids. But now to be at this higher level of higher education is truly a dream come true. So Melissa, I want to know how did you become involved with David and what's your background exactly? Sure. My background, I've taught 10 years in kinesiology department at Monmouth College in Illinois. And throughout that time span, I taught uh, adapted physical education, which is certainly where my emphasis was. And finally, uh, two years ago, I pulled the trigger and came to TWU to pursue my PhD in adapted physical education. And I went to the uh, consortium last July and heard a presentation by David uh, regarding exercise connection. And that really opened my eyes because I knew that I wanted to study, um, you know, or do my research with autism and technology and also, um, you know, moderate to vigorous physical activity since that is really, uh, you know, a key buzz term with school districts trying to, you know, get a majority of children's time in the moderate to vigorous physical activity zone during physical education. And so I guess the light bulb really went off and I, I saw this app and knew that it was really something special. And so that's where I formed a connection with David and have started doing a few pilot studies on campus. And hopefully my big dissertation project will be uh, utilizing exercise connection and, you know, just showing, you know, and we can speak, you know, anecdotally about all the amazing things that, uh, it provides, but we'd really like to get some research to back it up to you know, prove that it does what we know and think that it can do. Right. So you talked about going from a paper-based system to a web-based system where you're at now. And you said that it was a necessary thing to do, but why was that necessary? Can you tell our audience why that would be? One, it was cost. You know, there's a lot of time, and I think teachers understand that to make the paper-based visuals, because that's what I had to do at Giant Steps, or some of these PE teachers are doing, or some still don't understand autism, and they don't know what to do. So the cost to develop the visual exercise system, you know, you have to Velcro, laminate it, cut it, and do all of that, and there's a high cost on that on our end. Um, but then knowing that technology and iPad is an evidence-based practice of teaching, uh, if we could use that and then still add visual supports, video modeling, 
again, two evidence-based practices of teaching to help these kids. And then the fourth exercise, um, we can do that through technology and it is more cost effective, not only for professionals, but also for the parents. What, what I also think is great about Exercise Buddy is that it can open the doors to different individuals providing that instruction. Maybe a, a paraeducator who doesn't have much background in physical activity, you know, hasn't been trained in it, but they could still use Exercise Buddy and, you know, it's got either some pre-programmed workouts or the adaptive physical educator or general physical educator can upload some uh, workouts for them to do and they can uh, you know, just give the instruction and be there. So I think at parents who may not have a background in physical activity, I think it just opens more avenues to providing exercise for individuals with autism. The, what I'm experiencing when we're talking to schools and we're talking to teachers, they sometimes feel that the iPad or exercise buddy is going to replace their teaching. And these are kids with autism. They're going to need supports. They're going to need modeling and they're going to need that encouragement. Um, and even in exercise, think about a normal neurotypical kid or adult. They still may need a personal trainer by their side. Exercise Buddy is another tool in their toolbox that they can go to and use. To answer your question about the paper-based visuals, there's been a lot of positive press and obviously research on what this can do to attract and engage these kids. But for a lot of them, the paper-based, uh, or this can be a distraction. So you may have to, whether it's my visuals or even teachers creating their own paper-based visuals, you may have to still use those. So um, again, this is another tool in their toolbox. I don't think it's going to replace the paper-based system. It's all that individualized instruction that we know these kids need. There's no cookie-cutter approach in exercise or special education to help specifically these kids with autism learn. Children with with autism are so individual that you know one might have completely different needs than another. But that's what's great about Exercise Buddy is that you can individualize the workout for what they need compared to what someone else may need. For the para, or excuse me, for the teacher, you know, Melissa, you see this. You know that these physical education teachers are often overwhelmed. They've got limited support staff or, you know, a class of 60 or more kids. So this exercise buddy allows, like what you're saying, allows that support staff to now have some guidance, but then gives that physical educator the opportunity to try to reach every child um, and, and coach and do what they do best. Great. Now, I'm hearing so much about this exercise buddy now, and I kind of want to take a step back and learn a little bit more about why is this app so good for kids with autism and for physical activity. Can you explain to me a little bit more about the app and the special features for it? So it uses four evidence-based practices to help these individuals learn or exercise. What a lot of what, what I'm trying to educate the autism community is exercise aside from the health related benefits, it can calm behaviors, increase on task behavior, and there's 16 studies that show there's a 30% improvement in their academic performance. And, and we're still trying to educate the schools on this, 
but not just in autism or special needs, we understand what's happening in the schools and the lack of physical activity. For whatever reason it is, it's just sad that these kids aren't getting it. Um, so it's probably hard to see, but Exercise Buddy has the visual supports. It has over 150 different exercises broken down to the components of fitness. Um, it has the video modeling. It has, again, over almost 150 videos that is a, will help these kids learn. It has the structures to help them engage in exercise using special education techniques to introducing new concepts. We've embedded that within. And then it also has um, teaching tools, which are printable PDFs that we designed specifically for the classroom. Because when we were meeting with principals and superintendents, they said, what are you going to do to bring this back into the classroom? So we've done that. We've given them PDFs, activities that can be done in the classroom, uh, and, and it provide an, what we feel is no excuse now for them not to have this tool or this resource available for um, their students. So I'm hearing that you use this app for kids with autism uh, and teachers, parents, therapists are using it. But I wanted to know, is this app something that I could use for kids that were not uh, autistic or we're not on the spectrum and would it benefit them similarly? Yes, we've used it with individuals with Down syndrome um, and not just kids, adults as well. Um, we've also used it, some of our users are using it with just neurotypical kids and adults because it's visuals, it's videos, and it can promote even that independence. Um, there's a video on our website where a Chicago public school a special education teacher gave it to a group of peer mentors and they selected the exercises. They did it and then they're leading their special ed peers, which is awesome to see. So, yeah, it's while it's been designed for the autism community, it, it can really work with any child or adult. Melissa, what are you doing with the Exercise Buddy right now in terms of research? This fall, I ran a pilot study at Texas Women's University, and we look at uh, we looked at Exercise Buddy and compared it to traditional practice style teaching methods. And uh, again, can't go too far into the results, but we found that it was just as effective as traditional practice style teaching um, for children with autism. And I also plan to continue to further the research. We're going to do another study this spring, and hopefully it will lead into a big dissertation project. I've had the extreme pleasure of listening to Melissa's research ideas for the last few months and seeing her complete some of that as well. And uh, she's working with the Actahar, and I was wondering if she could talk a little bit more about that. The ACTAHARD, I guess what we're, we're measuring is we're looking at the participants and their moderate to vigorous physical activity level, and we're uh, looking to see if, um, you know, their, their moderate to vigorous physical activity is, you know, increased the same uh, comparative to traditional practice style teaching that you would see in physical education. And 
one of the things I just wanted to bring up is to be working and partnered with Melissa and some of the other universities, we're learning a lot from them. And due to this research and understanding, we're making adjustments and Melissa and her team are going to be using another version so we can collect more data and more information. So hopefully now we can provide this stuff again to the administrators or to the schools and say, now look, here's all the data. Again, now another reason and hopefully no excuse to not say, look, our kids need exercise. It's been proven to work. So again, just awesome to be working with you, Melissa, and your team and, and, and I, any help that you, you know, that you need, we're here. Yeah, and what's been really exciting is David is just so willing to, you know, make some improvements to Exercise Buddy. For example, one was we had a suggestion of maybe have a music, you know, not as the typical setting, but just something that if an individual wanted to work out with music that they could add it um, for, you know, their own individual needs. And, you know, he was able to add that as a, a new option, a new feature for Exercise Buddy. And that among, you know, a handful of others. So that's exciting to see, you know, it become uh, even uh, a stronger, useful resource. I knew initially that we needed visuals and the fact that we compare videos with it is huge for these kids or for the paraeducators, you know, again, the people who don't maybe don't have our background in exercise. But yes, all technology, whether it's Uber or you know, Microsoft, all these things are always changing. And, and that's what we're doing here. So I know it's got to keep growing. And that's how we're going to reach more. That's how we're going to now tell that school district, you know, in, I don't know, Iowa to say, look, now it has what you're asking for. And this is why we did it. And, you know, again, I want to give these people no excuse to say, no, we can't have this or no, our kid, you know, they, sh- they need to be exercising. So, David, one of the things that you mentioned earlier was evidence-based practices in your app. And I just wanted to point out that one of the ones that just come out, and I read an article yesterday talking about it, is exercise is now an evidence-based practice for kids with autism. And I think that's something that we really, really need to um, yell in our field because that is so exciting and that means that it has proven outcomes in academic settings and in different settings that exercise is a great intervention for kids with autism. Uh, and I just also wanted to point out that evidence-based practices are, they're a changing thing. They're dynamic. They're not static. They change over time because we have different kids. I'm extremely excited that exercise is now one of those evidence-based practices, and we need to really show that in our field and express that to other fields within education. I think that's real exciting for just the field of you know, physical education, adaptive physical education, just to find, you know, what we're doing is an evidence-based practice now. I think that, um, we, I think that's really, as an evidence, evidence-based practice, it's only been out for maybe a couple months, but that's really exciting in our field to see, you know, just the validation that, you know, what we're doing really does make a difference and we've got research to back that up and prove it. Yeah. And I think also this is something that <clears throat> I've been trying to do and, and to educate the families or the, the non-exercise professionals. And I think together we're going to do that or, or we're getting there. But, you know, these families are so overwhelmed um, and 
exercise, if it's not being done in the school, the other challenge for these families is it's not covered by insurance. So OT, PT, ABA, speech, don't get me wrong, they're all vital to their um, early intervention. But the calls I get now from parents are the kids who are 12 or 16 years old, and they've said, you know, my kid doesn't have OT or he doesn't have PT, what do we do? That answer is exercise. So we still need to introduce them to exercise at a young age. It doesn't have to be five days a week. It can be one day a week that they go to exercise or they even that becomes a part of their vocabulary. And then we just slowly build on that. And I think that's where parents are kind of lost. They get, you know, in the exercise world, which I feel is so watered down with trainers or uncertified trainers and people just blabbing, blabbing, blabbing. When we got to introduce this stuff to these kids, it's, it's a slow approach. Perfection is not the goal. Persistence is, and you can build on that. So I think that evidence-based study, what we're doing here at the Exercise Connection, what Melissa and her colleagues are doing, it's gonna it's gonna spread. It's we're we're almost there. What I especially like about Exercise Buddy is the video modeling that it uses. So it has a a peer, and all your models have um, autism, and that peer is performing the exercise, and then the the individual who is using the iPad. Um, is you know working out, watching the video as needed, and then can model what the the peer is performing. And it has a huge variety of different activities and exercises. You know, locomotor skill, object control skills, um, fitness activities. That there's, I, I don't know, David, how many um, different videos you said over 150 cho- uh, options. Yes, it has 150 uh, visuals. The only videos it doesn't have is the fitness room videos. And that's because I didn't have a room to shoot the videos in. So I think in total videos, it's like 133, which most apps, they have hundreds of visuals, but some, if they do, they just have 20 videos. So we've, we're trying to pair it. I want a video for everything. You know, and what's I, I don't know if this current version, but the the new updated version is going to have where you can video and put your own video into it to use for uh, peer modeling, and that's kind of neat too. I have not seen that done before. Yeah, no. I, again, that was based on your feedback, other parents' feedback, other therapists, and so we're making that happen. We're just working out all the bugs on that. All right, I want to know now who's using this app and. Are school districts using it? Are teachers using it? Are parents using it? Who's using it and who's buying it? Uh, is it entire districts or is it just one class? So we have a couple districts using it, or some districts are now buying a couple versions, playing around, testing it with some of their kids, and then writing it into their budgets and grants for this coming school year. We have PTs, OTs rec therapists using it, parents using it. Um, and then in addition to uh, Texas Women's and Melissa using it, there's six other universities that are using it and two others doing some research on it. So with adaptive physical education, we a lot of us are in the IEP process, which is a lot of work, a lot of writing goals, a lot of monitoring goals. 
So can the exercise connection or buddy help us with this process? No, we haven't heard anything, but we're making those steps so we can collect data. And we hope to have it in the hands of Melissa and some of the other universities, maybe by February. Um, we know that it, it exercise should be a part. And just like to the Scott, what you brought up about, you know, the recent article about an evidence-based practice. I mean, it should be a part of an IEP. It's just, again, educating the parent about that. Cause I don't think the school is going to make that push, but if the parents often will and, can get those things to happen for their kids. It's definitely sometimes hard in school districts for exercise to get the type of attention that it really does deserve. Um, and I know you mentioned earlier those uh, research articles about uh, academic success related to exercise and physical activity, which I think is something we really need to push in our field because uh, academics is always or you know, traditional academics is always so pushed over exercise and uh, to make that connection to some of the administrators and stuff would really, really benefit our field. So where do you see Exercise Buddy and Exercise Connection going in the next five to 10 years? I'm a dreamer and I've come uh, very far in a short amount of time, but that's because that wasn't just me. I mean, I have an incredible staff. Um, I've built incredible relationships and I think one with Melissa and her team and uh, the other people involved and, and some of our new users, the parents, the teachers, giving feedback and giving com, uh, comments, I think they're going to help this thing grow. So where I see it, um, I see it in other languages, exercise buddies specifically. Um, you know, I've trained staff, parents and professionals in Egypt, Dubai, Barbados and Russia, and I'm going to Canada in February. Um, but I see this, uh, you know, I, I want this, in the, I think, in the hands of every kid or adult who has autism. And to Melissa's point earlier, you know, I'm try, we're trying to make it affordable. We don't want these parents to have an additional burden. And for the schools, I think it's, it's just an excuse. They can find the money um, for this stuff. It's, but now with everything embedded here, it, it, you can pull this from special education budget, you can pull from a tech budget, or a PE or APE, which is typically non-existent. So <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, different languages, uh, more videos with different versions of uh, demographics of kids using it. Um, and yeah, we'll see. And the data behind it, sorry. <laughs> Um, you know, just from anecdotally, from what we've seen from it already, it's an amazing app and we need to spread the word and get it out to anyone who might want it and need it. I, I think that's incredibly important just to continue to let everyone know about this great product and how it can help. And hopefully that's where we've got some research to back it up and, you know, doing things like some advertisement here, like through the, the podcast and letting people just know about it. I know David goes to a you know a lot of uh, different conferences to talk about it, but hopefully you know it will just be the snowball effect that you know someone will you know just say things like oh I've got this great app for one of my students here check this out and the word just continues to spread because it's um, you know from what I've seen so far it's an amazing app and anyone who does have autism needs to get their hands on this and start using it. All right, last question: If I'm an APE teacher, a special education teacher teaching PE. 
and I'm on a limited budget, like you just explained, and I only you know can get so many apps or so many pieces of equipment. Why would I want to buy this piece of equipment, the Exercise Buddy or Exercise Connection, over something else? What, what, how would you convince me of that? I mean, I think Melissa can follow up on this for sure, but there is n- not an app or a system out there to specifically address the needs of individuals with autism in regards to exercise. Um, so I think this is just, again, that the, the co- most cost-effective way for them to start adding it into their curriculum, adding it into a home routine, or just as a, as a functional sensory break um, for these kids. I think to stress to the special education teacher or the APE teacher who is not familiar with autism, this is another tool. And if you can sometimes just get these kids in the door to the most unsensory friendly environment known as a gymnasium, if we can just get them into the door and started, you've that's the stepping stone to, to, to what's to come with these kids. And I think Exercise Buddy can provide that. Um, but yeah, there's really, there's nothing out there like this. And that's so structured and visual and everything is isolated, just that we know these kids need. I completely agree. I, I just think this app has so many options. You know, it has the, the start finish boards. It has, you know, 150 videos, uh, the addition of music, um, you know, the different types of activities that you can choose. This is by far the most uh, thorough app that I've seen for exercise for individuals with autism, that it has so many options and David's continuing to make it even more advanced with uh, more add-ons and additions. So I'm really excited to see in the future how it's going to continue to grow. All right, and that ends our discussion about Exercise Buddy and working with kids with autism, evidence-based practices. We're going to be back next week, uh, hopefully with the Winter Games, a quick one. And then I also have an interview coming up with Amanda Young on working with kids with Down syndrome. So thank you to my guests, Melissa and David, for being on the show. All right. Bye, Scott. Thanks. We're really excited to be back on the air, and we'll talk to you real soon. Have a great day.